This is the question for you. <laughs> what do you think happens when we die? Dr. Brian Weiss. Oh, well, I think that we never die because we're never really born. We existed before. You existed before this birth. You were probably a spiritual guide to your mother or someone else. You were on the other side. Then you come into a physical body as a baby, and you go through a life, and the next stage, though, is leaving the body. So if you are the soul, you never die. The book of Job 14, 14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. Then close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. I was thinking, how many of you do I have to kill to save your life? But I'm not going to do that. You're going to change. Uh, just thinking about death and dying. As promised from last edition of the podcast this will be the third in a series of three on the fear factors the major fear factors in life that cause everyone to get constrained and worried and the problems therein we'll find out during this podcast that actually there is no such thing as death for people of the earthen plane in fact, I would go so far to say that we are all creators in one way or another, one level or another. Some of us more aware, awakened, informed, intelligent, and educated on the fact that we are one with the creator of the first kind. Some refer to as the source creator. So with the human race out of the way, there's no reason to subdivide it, criticize it put bombs around it or take advantage of it because there are no subsets of human race either therefore there is no such thing as racism it's more creatorism in all of its varied forms how did we get in this condition probably the ultimate conspiracy of all time to blind the minds of the very ones that have the power not only to control their own lives and life situations but help others see the light as well and i'm not talking about some astrological arizonian 
mumbo-jumbo, woo-hoo, big giant pot of soup that we're all in together, stirred by the hand of a godlike creature. No, 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 I'm not talking about that at all. In fact, there is no need for any type of godlike creatureism in this worldview. We are all creator, and that's all there needs to be said about that. So, the origins of this mishap and conspiracy would lie in the fact that the original creator spawns, anciently, didn't quite get the message of the memo and didn't really awaken soon enough before they began to fearfully and wonderfully make their materialistic nest. And high up on the ledge, this nest has sat for centuries. And the little chickadees fed. Those, of course, who don't get kicked out of the nest and splat on the ground too early have taken this message throughout the land, six continents actually, and tried to um, brood up everyone together to be like them, or at least under them, and not realize that they themselves have everything inside of them to rule and reign their own minds first, and then worry about all this materialistic stuff later. But unfortunately, just the opposite has occurred. And now we have approaching 8 billion people, souls, entities, scurrying about with only a very small portion awakened to all the fraud. Therefore, all the fear. All the fear is generated, and perhaps one of the largest fears of all is what's next? What happens? When I'm called brain dead, what happens when I'm put in a casket six feet under with a string and I waken up prematurely or any maturely at all after being pronounced dead in the 1800s, 1600s to ring a bell and say, ding a ding ding, uh, uh, the chicken's not fully cooked yet, let me out. So what we have here today, electronically, spiritually and fearfully with the help of the media the government the big pharmacia distributors the big professionals and all the banksters and everyone that wants this piece of this material pie just distracting everyone from what they really have inside them there is no fear of death because in actuality there is no death we just move on to the next locale. Stay tuned. This podcast will hopefully open your eyes, at least make you think in a different way about this, well, shall we say, as firm as taxes and death, these two things must be around us. Maybe not so. Once again, Dr. Brian Weiss. The soul is that enduring part of us that doesn't die at the death of the physical body, that is immortal, eternal, that part of us that um, I, and I, I was saying to the group that we never die because we're never really born. We existed before that and then we come into a physical body and at the end we move on. Now there are many layers and levels to that. So we think of an individual soul but really a soul connected to maybe one oversoul or an energy 
So there are different ways to conceptualize that. But to me, the shorthand is that that's the immortal part of us, the eternal part of us. That's our real nature. So then when you see quotes, like from Teilhard de Chardin and other people who say, we're not human beings having a spiritual experience, but rather spiritual beings having a human experience, that captures the nuance, the essence of it, and that has to be our soul. So as people shift towards thinking of themselves, understanding themselves more as a soul, as an enduring spiritual essence, or whatever you want to name it. It's that part of us that's ageless, timeless, that existed before all these other concepts, before the field, before energies, before words, before thoughts. So we can't really describe it, in my way of thinking, at a deeper level because we don't have the vocabulary for it. So the shorthand is it's the enduring part of us, the part that is forever, the part that's always being reunited with the souls of loved ones either on the other side or back here in physical incarnations. And to me, that's the concept of the soul. And as people understand then that nature and the nature of true mind, deeper mind, then values start changing because we start seeing that we shouldn't be attached to these things that we're attached to every day, material things, needs, people's opinions, being liked, being rewarded. When we free of ourselves of those kinds of connections and attachments, those needs, we become more soulful because the soul doesn't need those things. The soul just needs to understand about love in all its different manifestations. And as we accomplish that, that's why we're really here in this earth school. So to me, that's what the soul is. And the more we understand that that and our true nature, which is the soul, not the body, not the brain, then we become our authentic selves. Jim Carrey. How do you fly so high without a special breathing apparatus? <laughs> this is the voice of the ego. <laughs> and if you listen to it, there will always be someone who's doing better than you. No matter what you gain, ego will not let you rest. It will tell you that you cannot stop until you've left an indelible mark on the earth, until you've achieved immortality. How tricky is this ego that it would tempt us with the promise of something we already possess? George Carlin. So you know what I've been doing? Going through my address book and crossing out the dead people. <laughs> you do that, that's a lot of fun, isn't it? Gives you a good feeling, kind of gives you a feeling of power, a superiority to have outlasted another old friend. But you can't do it too soon, you know? You can't do it too soon. You can't come running home from the funeral and get the book out, you know, and be looking through the book. You can't do that. A little time has to pass. You have to let a little time go by. I have a rule of thumb, six weeks. If you're a friend of mine and you're in my book and you die, I leave you alone for an extra six weeks. Six extra weeks in the book on the house, it's on me. Mr. George Carlin, we'll be hearing more from him throughout this edition just thought I'd do something interesting here for everyone's sake and pull up in the big goog a bunch of memes on death. So my query was quotes on death. Here's one from Norman Cousins. Death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside of us while we live. 
Walter Scott said, Death the last sleep? No, it's the final awakening. Leonardo da Vinci said, Our life is made by the death of others. Hmm. Haruki Murakami's quote, Death is not the opposite of life, but a part of it. My dad used to say that. It's part of it. Here's from Banksy. They say you die twice. One time when you stop breathing and a second time, a bit later on, when somebody says your name for the last time. Here's Irving Berlin. The song is ended, but the melody lingers on. William Penn said, For death is no more than a turning of us over from time to eternity. Carson McCullers was quoted to say about death, how can the dead be truly dead when they still live in the souls of those who are left behind? Oscar Wilde said, death must be so beautiful to lie in the soft brown earth with the grasses waving above one's head and listen to silence. To have no yesterday, no tomorrow. To forget time, to forgive life, to be at peace. Not dead. What? Nothing is in my foot. I'm not dead. Yeah. From Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not. He isn't? Well, he will be soon. He's very ill. I'm getting better. No, you're not. You'll be stone dead in a moment. Oh, I can't take him like that. It's against regulations. I don't want to go on the car. Oh, don't be such a baby. I can't take him. I feel fine. Well, do us a favour. I can't. Well, can you hang around a couple of minutes? He won't be long. No, I've got to go to Robinson's. They've lost nine today. Well, when's your next run? Thursday. You think I'll go for a walk? You're not fooling anyone, you know. Look. Isn't there something you can do? I feel happy! I feel happy! Ah, oh, thanks very much. Oh, Cahel Gibran from the famous book written, The Prophet. For life and death are one, even as the river and the sea are one. Hmm, interesting. Rebindranath Tagore said, Death is not extinguishing the light. It is only putting out the lamp because the dawn has come. The Buddha was quoted as saying, Even death is not to be feared by one who has lived wisely. Plato famously said, Death is not the worst that can happen to men. You know, I think he's up there now, smiling down at us. <laughs> And I think he's pleased. <laughs> now, first of all, there is no up there. 
for people to be smiling down from. It's poetic, it's quaint, and I guess for superstitious people it provides a little comfort, but it doesn't exist. Plato also said, no one knows whether death, which people fear to be the greatest evil, may not be the greatest good. Here's Mr. Steve Jobs, our Apple giver. Remembering that I will be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death, leaving only what is truly important. Siri. Okay, Steve, I don't die. The non-physical essence of a living being starts a new life in a different physical form or body after biological death. Thanks for asking that, Steve. Here's Mark Twain, uh, Samuel Clemens. Do the thing you fear the most, and the death of fear is certain. Here's one of my own little quotes I came up with a few years ago. The greatest thing in life is free, but it will cost you everything. <laughs> Just look at it. Yeah, well, what the heck is that? <laughs> look at it. Richard Poos said, death leaves a heartache no one can heal. Love leaves a memory no one can steal. From an Irish headstone. I think that the most important thing to remember from all these quotes and thinking about them is that death is not to be feared. It is as natural as breathing and eating because this is nothing that ends anything. It's just a continuation of the next chapter. While you may think it's over, one and done, mainly from ill-informed religious institutions and teachers. The fact is that one word can destroy both ain't theism and Christianity. <laughs> and that one word is reincarnation. Reincarnation levels the playing field. That one word completely eliminates all of religious practice and anti-religious practice. And it also shows that there is nothing to fear in death. Which is what this podcast is trying to accomplish in this third series. The fear factors in life, as we first covered. The first one we conquered was the fake nuke. And then the second one, the fake Satan or devil. And now we look at death. Nothing to fear here. Let's move along. In fact, that's exactly what you do when your body drops to the floor like so many leaves. James Gregory. Did you hear about Margaret's grandfather? Well, know what happened? Dropped dead nightfall lights. Well, I did cry. Yeah, the way she tells it. They were sitting there watching the Wheel of Fortune. She heard him mumbling something about not liking that Pat Sajak. 
He got up to change the channel, got almost to the TV, and just killed over. Yeah, dropped dead right there on the throw rug. Of course, I believe this day, if he had remote control, he'd still be alive. But the seed falls into the ground and begins to grow again. Just looking at nature in that way, trees and leaves and plants and things, they never really die out completely. Now, when Monsanto comes in, <laughs> we got some uh, major genetic screwing around going on, and maybe perhaps that analogy might be that uh, since modernity has produced the great uh, theologians and professional magic healers with pharmacia and the big doctors with all this miseducation, they might be likened into Monsanto in that they get into your business and screw you up as you yet still are alive, but overly medicated, woefully mistaught on the important things of life. So it's almost like you really are the walking dead, existing but not really uh, having a life. Jim Tucker's theory on how reincarnation could be a quantum reality. Who is Jim Tucker? Jim B. Tucker, MD, operates from the University of Virginia's health system, the Department of Psychiatry and Neurobehavioral Sciences, a division of perceptual studies in Charlottesville, Virginia. If you'd like to contact him, his email is jbt8n at virginia.edu. And check out his website at jimbtucker, all one word, dot com. Check out the website and see more about this stunning researcher who's done all kinds of research and studies, picking up where the foundational researcher, Mr. Ian Stevenson, left off at his reincarnating. And Mr. Tucker has researched this to the nth degree. There's been many, many studies on this. He's put together some startling statistics before we get into his theory. 60% of children who claim past life memories are male. Roughly 70% claim they died in a violent or unnatural death. 90% of the children say they were the same sex in a previous life as they are now. The median time between claimed death and birth is 16 months. And 20% of children claim memories of the time between death and rebirth. Startling information and scientifically backed up. There's absolutely no way that these children could be faking it, although they are filtered out. Many cases that come across the path of Mr. Tucker's research are not really good for study. In fact, they are different ranges of experiences. Some of the children are just uh, making it up off of the internet or television. Um, some of them are imagining these things or hallucinations or extrasensory perception, even cases of what they call schizophrenia or vague responses because they overhear someone talking about it. But in some of the most authentic cases, memories from children's subconscious minds are valid and therefore backing up a scientific connection between the past life. 10% of the mind is conscience and 90% uh, is subconscious. Jim Tucker's theory on how reincarnation could be 
a quantum reality. He divides it up into four sections. Section one, or point one, quantum physics shows that at the most basic level of the universe, events involving its smallest particles, such as electrons and protons, only occur once they are observed. Point two, this suggests that the material world may be derived from consciousness, not the other way around. Although that idea is debated by many, it is a belief that's been shared by a number of quantum physicists, including Max Planck, the father of quantum mechanics. Point three, if consciousness creates the material world, then it may not be dependent upon that world to exist. It would follow that consciousness does not depend on the living brain to exist. Point four, if consciousness doesn't require a brain, it may continue after the brain stops working. It could then get attached to a new brain and continue on in another life. There will be a provided link in the show notes to a interview done on NPR with Mr. Tucker back in 2014. So do check that out and give it a listen. It's an extensive interview as to how his research has gone by National Public Radio interview. And just to comment on Mr. Tucker's theory, it's been said that perhaps you hover around your physical body and have license to permeate it on the inside as well, almost like a virtual reality video game and a typical video game with the thumb controls. So you can go in and out of this body, this maybe an avatar might be the appropriate analogy. And looking at life and existing in this form and fashion, no, the body and the brain are not necessary for this to continue on and on and again and again. But there does seem to be some type of a connection, some type of a quantum or a certainly immaterial connection between this hovering you and permeating you in some kind of an ether, a la Aries failure experiment and also the experiment from Mickelson and Morley showing the stationary Earth. So the ether was brought up in that discussion in those experiments. And by the way, these were never submitted for approval into uh, textbooks, even though they were scientific facts. Can't interfere with NASA's spinning globe now, can we? But I digress once again. So it's not actually a sphere. It's oblate. It's oblate. 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 So this ethereal you that hovers and somehow is attached until something with that body degradates or checks out or becomes brain dead, heart dead, body dead, whatever dead. When the body loses its um, energizer bunny status and the battery power runs to the point of running out, you're still alive. You're like, hey, well, okay. I don't, didn't need you really anyway to exist. I was using you, Mr. Body or Mrs. Body. So then at that point, another body is somewhere. It's only half past 12, but I don't care. It's 
be plugged into and hovered around and permeated through. And that's where we get the rebirth or the born again state of entering into a fresh fetus embryonic body growing from there. This is an astounding fact. I think that a lot of people just quite, certainly in the West, don't understand. And why should they when it's not even allowed to be studied, when the culture poo-poo's it because there's this hovering mothership of Christianity. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Fighting off any kind of these uh, uh, shuttlecraft that might come in here and, uh, oh, I don't know, in the spirit of Princess Leia, give a secret message inside of an R2-D2? Like, uh, you never die. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You want me? You don't need a cross. You don't need blood. You weren't born broken. And certainly, you are not your body one and done. So you better make a big splash in this 120 years you've been given. Better get your name etched in marble, engraved in gold, and all over the social media because you want to get one chance. Well, who gives a flying crap? There's not just one chance. There's unlimited chances. An unlimited earth and unlimited lives. That, again, I must repeat, is a creator. I can sink my teeth into. And we hope that you've enjoyed sinking your ears into this first part of the episode on death. It got to be so long that I decided to have a cutoff point here halfway, and we'll pick up the second portion on the next go-round. So thank you for tuning in this time for Click Here. And today's third installment, or I guess you could say two and a half, of the fake death. You don't die. And isn't it great that you don't die? The real you, that is. And if the real you has enjoyed what you've been hearing, please support our real support team of New Airwaves Audio Productions. And if you like what you hear, there is an email address provided in the show notes. You can take a, some time to send us a note ask some questions, maybe even rebuff some of the things that we brought up. I'd love to have a discussion with you. And this, again, is your podcaster of the click here, Mr. Art Stemmel. Be sure to um, support us if you would like to monetarily. Uh, there's a Patreon link there you'll find in the show notes as well. And once again, thank you again for tuning in to this, the third in our third series, part one of the fake death theory we'll see you next time and until then be sure to research everything that you've been told not only here but everywhere research it and to the nth degree when you click there listen and hear what you're listening to there's a big difference thanks again and have a great holiday time with your loved ones and friends hope this season of festivity uh, works well for you be sure to push away from the table don't eat too much rich food but do have a wonderful rich time about it if you have some problems with your family you know you can always have a family of your own choice 
less stress and uh, I guess stress backwards is uh, more desserts, certainly for me. You're listening to the Click Here Podcast, brought to you by New Airwaves Audio Productions. Mm-hmm. 